Hi, friends, and welcome to We're Already Here, a podcast about celebrating who we are through the highs and lows in our lives and understanding the story that we created for ourselves. Today, I am here with Harry. Harry has been a commercial and residential real estate broker for 13 years and is based out of New York City. From luxury condos all over the city to selling portfolios of investment properties, including industrial and retail investments, Harry has an extensive business track record. For you Bravo fans, he has also cameoed on a million dollar listing. In his spare time, Harry enjoys working out, skiing, playing tennis, and reading. Harry. Thank you so much for coming on today. How are you? Living the dream. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's nice after a uh, busy day at work to decompress on this fine Wednesday with you. I love it. So why don't you tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself and your work? Yeah, sure. My name is Harry Zikos. Um, I am a real estate broker. Started when I was super young practiced all throughout college, got my degree in business management and finance. And then I said, you know what, I'm kind of good at this. Let me keep it going. Done a million types of different transactions. I I get bored very easily. So I I tend to keep my service stack uh, completely ambidextrous, whether it's luxury residential or commercial real estate, whatever it is, you know, I'll sell it. I'll I'll, I'll broker it as long as I like the deal. And I believe in the the fundamentals of the sale. Uh, Aside from that, I just like to live. I've uh, done a lot of self-work to the point where I've gotten to a point where I I really just have control over what goes on in my mind and how I practice and, you know, business, personal life. And I just, I just live. I just do what I got to do. Yeah. And what even brought up Harry coming on to the podcast is we have found ourselves very frequently in like deep conversations about mindset and self-work very excited to dig into a lot of the things that you mentioned in real estate and like believing in a deal, et cetera, et cetera. But what we'll be talking about today is mindset, the interaction of that in business and all this juicy self-work talk. So to start, tell me more about the role that you think self-awareness and emotional intelligence plays in being a good business person. That's a fantastic question. I think everybody, you know, depending on whatever you're doing, you know, everybody needs a working thesis. You know, when I coach young agents, you know, fresh off getting their license, they they kind of don't know where their drive is. And anybody, man, woman, doesn't matter. Anybody without a a goal, a focus or or direction is, is, you know, somebody's aimless is not going to get anything done. You know, so people, we're, we're human beings, right? You know, we have our eyes in the front of us, we, we, you know, we don't have our eyes on the sides, like a, like a bunny rabbit, you know, we're very target driven. I think that if you don't have a working thesis, you know, it, it, it's game over. Can you define more what you mean by working thesis? Absolutely. Uh, I'll just, I'll just explain what my working thesis yeah, is. Yeah, totally. Blatant transparency without misrepresenting your clients and without breaking your fiduciaries as a licensed broker who has to represent somebody's interests, give them their loyalty and make sure that you're, you're acting on their best interests. Um, with of course, doing fair and honest dealings with anybody who you don't have a fiduciary relationship, which is like a client broker relationship, or maybe like 
if you're a lawyer, for example, not legal advice, uh, if you're a lawyer, you have the same fiduciary obligations. Um, but generally speaking, you know, we have to disclose details of a transaction. Yeah. The soil's contaminated. You know about it. You have to tell the buyer, right? Um, things like that. Trans- some brokers have uh, developed reputations over, you know, at least in New York City. I, I can't speak to other parts uh, of the country, but real estate agents, you know, have this bad reputation almost to the point where they're just these lying, greedy, commission yeah. breath having scumbags that just don't really care. They just want to open the door and get a commission and, and, and close that. I, I, I tend to be antithetical to that. I prefer to do something that's more along the lines of relationship marketing and actually keeping my clients for life mm. and advising every step of, you know, wherever they have a, a requirement. Sure. Uh, you know, fun fact, you know, some people wouldn't think of this, but generally speaking, when a real estate agent gets a client, that client will tend to do anywhere from five to seven transactions over, you know, real estate transactions with rents, buy, oh, sell. Interesting. So generally speaking, yeah, uh, over the course of their life, uh, you know. So if a go if a broker thinks in the long term and they're really in- interested in doing this long term, or you know, for, for as long as they can, you start somewhere small. You you get somebody a, a rental, and then all of yeah. a sudden they turn into a buyer two years later, three years later. Sure. That place that they bought was too small because they ended up getting married and had a kid, so they sell that and. You know, so if you yeah. have a good standpoint in how you want to come to the marketplace and you don't want to bullshit people, yeah. pardon my French, you don't, you know, you have to come at it really empathetically. And totally. you know, when it comes from mindset, if you don't have the belief that you're going to achieve what your goals are, that's it. You know, it, I, one thing that I was struggling with early on in my career was having a limiting belief system saying, oh, I can't sell a building and in Long Island City, I can't sell uh, this commercial property. I can't, I, you know, the, the, you know, all these negative things mm-hmm. that we allow ourselves to tell ourselves is some of the most toxic things for business, for personal life. Yeah. Um, so that, that's that's kind of piecing it in without getting too scattershot in the in the response to the question. No, totally. I love so many things you said. You mentioned being a good businessman over the long term requires coming at your business empathetically. One, I think a lot of that soft dollar business that you're doing for your clients, maybe you're advising them unpaid per se, that soft dollar connection that you'll get when they make their next purchase. What is really undersold and has been undersold in the teachings of business, I guess maybe up until recently, is the power of those soft skills. Not to stray too far from the topic, but we tend to think about things in the masculine and the feminine. And we say the masculine is good at math, hard skill, crunching numbers, aggressive, whatever. And then we tend to think of those soft skills as being of quote, more feminine, empathy, care, thoughtfulness, things like that. And it's funny because at large, and we might differ on this. I actually don't know if we've talked about this. So this will be interesting at large those quote, feminine qualities are devalued. If you look at like professions like teaching and nursing, right? They are paid less. Even through the COVID crisis, you've seen like the professions that have been the most impacted by the crisis are teachers and nurses. And you look at what typically our society deems as feminine qualities as 
lesser qualities where from my perspective, I think those are actually the most marketable qualities. What makes you a very good business person that's making six figures and a good business person who's making seven figures is I think that the break there is the way you can enact your soft skills, the way you can enact those more human qualities of empathy, care, thoughtfulness, things like that. So I want to start there. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? That's an interesting point. Yeah, I would, I would even uh, add to that in thought, like kind of riding the line, you know, the, the dividing line between the yin and yang, between the masculine and the feminine, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, this phrase that there's two sides to a coin and then the, there's the edge. Yeah. But then there's actually, you know, it's also a, a, fra- a turn of phrase for there's, there's one side and the other side, and then there's the truth. Yeah. So I think if you can, or anybody can ride that line between those hard and soft skills that you just went over, that's, that's the real Delta that like people should probably target in on it. Sure. If you can leverage your aggressive idiosyncrasies and then your empathetic idiosyncrasies and then blend them and then be self-aware and observe yourself from like a third party lens and like, you know, like most people are not self-aware. Like most people are like locked yeah. up in a daze, like plugged <laughs> into their AirPods, walking up to the train and like drinking their Starbucks. Like, like they're completely yeah. asleep while yeah. they're actually awake. Rarely do they actually practice anything where you're like, Hmm, is that my, is that my, is that my lower back or is that my shoulder? What the, yeah. Like, like, yeah. They're not, you know, me, I'm like, when I walk around, I'm just like constantly observing and taking everything in. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little crazy. Maybe, maybe it's all these supplements. <laughs> no, it's definitely like Laszlo's hierarchy of needs. I feel yeah. like our generation is much more awake. I would say most of us have our basic needs covered. Most of us have our basic needs covered in terms of finance. Well, I guess maybe I'm just speaking within my own peer group. I can't speak for everyone, but like most of us have our financial needs covered. We have a roof over our head. We have food and I'd say decent community, right? We're like you and I are in the same friend group. We have a, we have a good group of people around us. And then it's once all those needs are are fulfilled, what's next? The next thing is the top of the pyramid, which is self-actualization. So it's like, I think that's where our generation is aiming for. A lot of times we're craving the self-awareness. And when people feel just perpetually unhappy, I think oftentimes because you're like lacking that. That's interesting. I, I definitely think that's something to, you know, to, to hone in on if we were to diagnose like societal issues with yeah. mindset. <laughs> let me, know, let I, me, let me say right now, Harry and I are not qualified to do this. So <laughs> enjoy the conversation and take definitely it not your therapist. With a grain no. Of salt. <laughs> no, like, like, like I, people in my industry, especially, you know, on the residential side, because residential deals are very emotionally driven. Fun fact, business or emotional or personal, every deal Every decision is emotionally driven to an extent. Everything. Everything is emotionally yeah, driven. Yeah, like Absolutely. we're freaking human beings. Like you can't like detach emotion. It's kind of just in our brain. Ever. Not a psychologist. Right. Coming back to that, right? Like people don't really, they don't, a lot of them don't get it, you know, but we also find ourselves yeah. creating other problems in place of what might actually be the solution because we're not introspective. You know, a lot of times I find that we, mm. we blame everything around us where some, you know, where there's a problem or something that bothers us, but then, you know, maybe I'm the asshole. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. Or self-medicate and not just with like drugs or alcohol, but self-medicate with like our, like our phones are the easiest self-medication. If you're sad, you can just distract yourself on Instagram for four hours until you fall asleep. You know, we have this forced entertainment, this pacification, putting band-aids on it without actually healing Mm -hmm. the wound. Not to mention, I mean, forget about the science of like all the blue light and the, the, the fact that that ruins your circadian rhythm and, 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 you know, we have like the craziest, like vitamin D deficiencies across the country, like more than ever. I mean, people are not really paying attention to their health these days. People are not observing themselves internally, psychologically, you know, spiritually. They're not necessarily going anywhere with pure direction and taking vigor with their steps towards their goals because they haven't. I know people, I mean, I'm in a lot of like peer groups where we do a lot of self-work and like self-help amongst like there's some, some people are very, very like they haven't figured it out and they're very like emotionally distraught and they're like stuck in that, that phrase has been thrown around a lot. These last few years is like analysis paralysis. Okay. But they're like, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, like I have guys coming to me like, dude, I just don't know what to do. I'm like, well, what are you good at? They're like, I don't know. What did you go to school for? And they tell me some degree that's not great. You know, English. I'm like, oh, you can write an email, become a copywriter or whatever. Right. But because we're directionless, they're directionless. It's because yeah. they, they got they got like those three basic Maslow hierarchy of needs covered, but they haven't really developed their social circle, their family, their you know. Yeah. And and they're just caught into this you know consumption lifestyle. Oh, Starbucks right there. Yeah. yeah oh, I want yeah. Chipotle. I'm gonna go on my phone and have them deliver some Chipotle. So I don't really need to like go out and like discover or anything like that. Yeah. Or, or, or we go live to the in a gym. very convenient. <laughs> society. Like, I feel like these conversations that we're having are pretty exclusive to like the U S because everything is so convenient. Like you think about like other countries where if you have to, if you want to go to the bank, it'll take two hours out of your day. We can bank from our phones in five minutes. We have the time to be able to sit here and think about if we're actually content in life or not. Like our parents never had to think about this. Mm-hmm. It's like a modern ailment. The next point of yours I want to talk about was limiting belief systems. In brief, can you define what you see as limiting belief system to the viewers and how does that impact you tactically? Yeah. So a a limiting belief system is basically subconsciously driven negative thoughts and toxic shame that prevents you from acting on what you ideally want to achieve, whether it's Walking up to that cute girl, you know, at the coffee shop that, you know, you kind of run into a few times and you're like, damn, she looks pretty cute behind that mask. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't think I can talk to her. I'm right, too right, overweight right, or right, I don't yeah. have a Lambo or whatever. Right. Or, or it's that uh, person who thinks that they can't achieve a certain level of economic achievement. Yeah. Uh, they can't get their net worth to a point. Uh, go from a, you know, like you said, uh, you know, go from a six figure to a seven figure earner. I'm, I'm not here saying I'm some seven figure online fire community business. Guru yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but my point is, is that, you know, self-awareness and understanding your habits and understanding how you allocate time is, comes up to that. But having a limiting belief is, is, is pretty much what those words mean, it, but it's usually internal and it's subconsciously exercised and it keeps your brain comfortable with the current state of affairs, generally speaking. Like I I know kids that 
still live at home. And even though they make plenty of money, they refuse to allow themselves to break out of that shell because they're comfortable. They're like, oh, I'll never find a good deal. Oh, I don't want to pay some asshole rent. Sure. Uh, or, or, you know, they, they just come up with convenient excuses. Yeah. Instead of deriving a solution to what their problem is, they'll have a desire. They're like, oh, I, I want to do this. I want to live alone. I want to have a car. I want to whatever. Right. These are like all guy things I'm saying. Sure. Right? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but like, you know, they'll have these thoughts and, but then they'll immediately find an excuse that allows them to stay lower in their hierarchy of where they think they, yeah. they, 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 they want to be. And, and it comes down to belief. It comes down to belief. Like if you don't think you can do something, you're not going to do it. Yeah. What's also really fascinating about limiting belief systems from a psychology and therapy perspective, no secret if you've been listening to the podcast, cognitive behavior therapy. I love it. I stand by it. The APA is considered it one of the gold standards of therapy. One thing that you do many sessions in after you've been with your therapist for some time, call it two months. I don't know. Maybe it's different for everyone. You get into limiting belief systems and some cognitive behavior therapists or therapists who practice CBT will literally show you a list of 20 common self-defeating beliefs. And your homework is to look through and be like, which ones apply to me? And then after you've gained a toolkit through CBT of ways to become aware of your thoughts, the way to reframe negative thoughts, looking at a triggering experience and understanding what happened, what triggered me, how can I reframe this experience for the next time? Once you have that toolkit, you look at this list of self-defeating beliefs and you target the belief directly. It's a very powerful tool to just see all these things in front of you and being like, oh my gosh, I thought I was so unique, but it looks like I'm falling into the 20 most common self-defeating beliefs. So a very powerful tool, becoming aware of yours and like doing actual work to target it. it, it it's been revolutionary for me. I, I've never seen a therapist personally, but what I have done is gotten hypnotized. Oh yes. Talk was, about that. Talk about that. That was a trip hypnosis i've only done one session but that one session was extremely cathartic um and basically it, it, it sounds so woo woo and like oh yeah if, if i'm going to like explain what it felt like it, it was more like a guided meditation sure if anyone's ever done like a really good yoga session and towards the end of the yoga session you're kind of like laying down and if the yoga instructor is really good he or she will just like take you down like a, a visualization path right so it, it was kind of like being taken down a, a, a visualization path, you know, for about, a, you know, one and a half hours, you know, going through events, digging through the subconscious, you know, putting you in a very relaxed state, not necessarily asleep. You're like semi-conscious, you know, you're there, but you're relaxed, you're calm, you, you do a series of breathing exercises. Uh, the hypnotist will ask you a question like, you know, name something that caused, you know, trauma or that you think that there was trauma. Because the idea of all this toxic shame is brought on by trauma. Because I don't know if I, I defined it earlier or, or more clearly with uh, the limiting belief system, but a, a traumatic event will occur. And then it'll seep into our subconscious early on, especially when we're, you know, in our formative years that, oh, this is, this is the norm. This is what is tied to your survival. But, you know, like, like whatever uh, negative experiences occurred to one could uh, negatively impact them. And then, oh, my God, I didn't realize that that thing that happened when I was six 
attributed to me thinking that I wouldn't amount to anything because I had a toxic parent or something yeah. like that. I'm not saying that yeah. that was me particularly, right. but th- th- these are constants that I've uh, come across when I speak with friends of mine who've also have had sessions with hypnotists and it's very cathartic. So what we, what we ended up doing was, you know, we ended up finding a series of parts of my past. And then we ended up putting them in a series of uh, paintings, almost, if you will, like a like, like a row of like well-organized things it's like, okay, we're going to put this one here in a series of positive, powerful lessons. Okay. And then we're just going to, we're just going to categorize it because Harry, it didn't kill you. He was literally, literally like telling me, he's like, this, these didn't kill you. Yeah. You're still here. You're still doing this. You believe you're successful. You are successful, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and then he just kind of brainwashes you that you can do what you want. Yeah. Commission only people, for example, early on, most of them, big money problems. Interesting. Like, like really, like, like they're constantly thinking, oh, is this the day or month that I'm going to go broke? Yeah. Am I ever going to be able to do this deal? Yeah. Is this going to happen? It's coming from a scarcity mindset. Exactly. And that drives a lot of limiting belief at the same time. And sometimes people get frozen up and then just like, yeah. And you know, what's tough about that stuff too, is mm-hmm. you can logically know that this isn't true. You can logically know whatever your self-defeating belief is. Like you can know, you know, I can become a really good business person. I can get really good at it. And then still in your mind and in your heart, you feel that trapped feeling. I've never done hypnosis, but part of me think that's like when you said brainwash, it clicked for me. That's where it fits in, right? Is like taking what you know is true and making you feel that it's true. Because those are very different things. And behave that it's true. Mm. Because if you really like embody it and you, and you, and you and you're psyched yourself up to the point and you do your affirmations, which was like my morning routine, uh, you, you literally behave like you're a winner. Like every morning yeah. I wake up, I say, I'm a multimillionaire. <laughs> every, every morning I wake up, I say, I weigh X amount of pounds, which is my goal, right? Like I'm 180 yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. My goal is I, I weigh 170. I am jacked. Right. I'm an yeah. amazing tennis player. You know, I go through all these lit, like I'm an amazing skier. I have X amount of recurring passive income every year with uh, real estate rental properties, yeah. whatever, right? And, and honestly, and- even if you start doing that shit jokingly, it sticks. Maybe like, I don't know, this is probably in college. Jokingly to my friends, I'd look in a mirror and I'm like, God, I can't believe I look like this. And honestly, it freaking works. Cause at this point in my life, I, oh my God, I'm gonna expose myself. I literally might edit this out. I literally think I am so attractive. I like look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, wow, what a beautiful person. It started as a joke. I didn't think that when I was 20 years old, I was like joking. And then now I've done it so much that I'm like, wow, like what a good looking person. So it like, it really does work. I mean, I, I do that myself all the time. I mean, I have, <laughs> I, I have, I have a two stage skincare routine, AM and PM, you know, like, I, I, I like when I finish my skincare routine, I'm like, oh, God, you look amazing. Like, and it's okay. It's okay to be egocentric. Like we're human beings. We have an ego. That's the other thing too. tell yourself what you need to tell yourself. The real world is hard. Do what you need to do to get through it without being a jerk. Do it with kindness. Do it with empathy. Do it with good in your heart. But if you need to tell yourself, I'm literally a 10 out of 10 to like get through the day, then you're a 10 out of 10. Fine point blank. I believe you. You're somebody's 10 out of 10. Right. Yeah. At least one person. Right. Yeah. So let's take the Harry from 10 years ago. Okay. Maybe just graduated college, maybe a a year or so out. Yep. 
how is your mindset different now from 10 years ago, Harry, across the board, career, relationships, personal health, et cetera? Well, I was a lot heavier. I was um, definitely in the overweight, obese type category, somewhere, you know, teetering between those lines. I, I was definitely less healthy, uh, less obsessed with every bit of calorie content and a macro tracking, micronutrient consumption, supplementation, all this like biohacking, you know, craze. I, I kind of, you know, I've been drinking that Kool-Aid of biohacking for a while. I'm obsessed with every bit of nutrition research that comes out. I, I, I dive into articles whenever I can. Uh, that was one thing that I think helped catalyze the, if that's a word, was the catalyst for my mindset development. I think back then, 10 years ago, I was definitely more on the limited belief system. I can't do anything more than residential renting or leasing transactions. I can't become a angel investor or do anything in tech, which I ended up doing. Uh, I can't uh, do, I can't sell a building. I can't do that. Like, like I had all these like negative things about myself and who I am. Uh, and the, these were limiting beliefs at the time. And I didn't work through them until only, you know, until my thirties, basically. I mean, I'm yeah. 32 right now, but like early on at 30 is when I like came to these self-work drives, you know, to, to really like, just fix my inner game, fix my, 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 my not, I wouldn't want to say mental health, but just like, it's hard it's to mental describe. health. It's mental health. Peace. It's emotional health. Yeah. Peace. You know what I mean? Just that's like, a form of health. Yeah. I think so too. Imagine people throughout the day, Cling, 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 notifications all day long. A lot of things, you know, car horns, whatever it is, all these externalities just plugging us up. And then you have the news yeah. and you have TV and you have your phone and your Instagram and all that fun stuff. And you're just getting all this nonsense decision fatigue, you know, having the ability to just detach and just mm -hmm. be at peace and like have like your routines. But that, that, yeah. that for me, was like one of the best practices of getting back to like a focused mental uh, uh, point of origin to be very like driven. Okay. Today I'm doing these yeah. four things on my to-do list. Then I clean email. Then I go do this. And then, yeah. okay, now I have a couple of showings. And then it's like, when you finished all that, you're like, Oh, this is great. Now I can go to the gym and like get it, get it going, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, ascribed the routine and like the focus and all that. But I feel like in this season of my life, I think in the past few weeks, I'm trying a new thing where, and I think this works for me because I am very self-disciplined just as a person mm -hmm. where I'm just letting my body tell me what to do because work hasn't been crazy. I'm just like, you know what? If I don't want to go to the gym today, I simply will not go. For the past week, all I want to do is read. I don't want to do anything else. You know what? I'm going to let myself do that. I'm going to let myself just chill and read until I feel like I'm back focused at it and want to grind and want to be ambitious and want to do all that. But for now, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to read. So I feel like there, there's a balance, right? Between focus, routine, 6 a.m. workout, 7 a.m. log into work, grind till 7 p.m. I think there's seasons of your life where that works perfectly and that makes you feel good and fulfilled and content. And then I think there's seasons of your life where it's like, I'm going to let my body and my soul tell me what's right for me right now. But your body and your soul telling you what's right for you shouldn't be scrolling on Instagram eight hours a day. 
I'm not saying be lazy. I'm saying do what fills you. And like, sometimes that's not grinding and going to the gym. Sometimes that's reading, researching, like my hobbies is podcast. Like sometimes it's your hobby, you know? I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm actually in that a bit of that phase right now Mm. where like I'm working out, but I'm not even working out to like really like hit my numbers or like my, 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 per, my personal record of like a bench press or, yeah. or any particular lift for that matter. I'm not even lifting for like, I'm doing like 50% of one rep maxes. I'm not even going like, I'm just, I'm there to just get muscle activation and mobility. And like, I'm taking it easy. I'm, I'm like sleeping a lot clarity, more. Mental clarity, man. Like Mental that's... clarity and peace. This is, you know, maybe we can talk about this for a second. Cause I think this is really important. Mm. I really am of the belief that you know, I've had this problem previously. I don't know about you, but a lot of our society, especially in somewhere like New York city, I mean, you, we, you and I are practically neighbors, yeah. but you know, we have a real disconnect with what good sleep is. Oh my God. Yes. I could not agree more. You know, like, 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 like if you keep this near your, near your bedside table or, or your nightstand or whatever, or even in your room, like I'm really questioning if you know what good sleep is. (laughs) Yeah, I got to plug something right now. Andrew Huberman, he is a neuroscientist. He has a podcast called the Huberman Lab, and Mm. he brings neuroscience to a very tactical standpoint. Like what, what can you do in your life to integrate the latest neuroscience to make you better, right? And his first season is all about sleep. I got to plug it. He's doing well for himself. He's literally a professor and a doctor, but like Huberman, the Huberman Lab podcast, incredible. It has helped my sleep a lot by like following his tips. Shout out to Mr. Huberman. (laughs) But yeah, totally agree. I love it. So last question before I get to my final three questions that I ask everyone. Sure. What's next for you in your career? What, what, what are your goals? What, what, what is Harry Zico's doing next? So my 2022 targets make as much money as I can possibly can, but at least uh, sell an excess of $15 million in uh, transactions, get my Florida real estate license. All right. I'm um, expanding into multiple markets along with uh, Colorado and I'm a skier. So you know, I, I have uh, friends in the network and many of them are very wealthy and you never know when they want to buy a, there you go. A, a ski chalet on the side of uh, Aspen Snowmass or Vail, you know, there you go. I also am in the middle of uh, deploying a content creation strategy, which I hope to reshare this interview that we're having and conversation rather, where I'm going to be building an, an added stack to my brokerage business and in my, my endeavors as an investor. I plan on doing consultations, community building uh, within the scope of real estate investing and business and personal finance. You know, if you look at a YouTuber, you know, some, some of my inspirations uh, and, and kind of like, oh my God, like I would love to like just hang out with these guys. If you look at guys like Graham Stephan, shout out to Graham Stephan and uh, meet Kevin Pafrath. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. But, you know, these are just some, some examples of some really great content creators that I've, that I've been inspired to uh, see how I can add value to the community of content creators on YouTube and maybe other platforms in the future. Uh, but I really aim to, to build more of a presence on YouTube, doing uh, live stream shows, uh, 
you know, shows where like I can have people call in it and like they want me to like underwrite a deal with them or something like that. Like, oh, oh hey, cool. let's run out the numbers. Like I, yeah. I, I want to get interactive things where I interview uh, other professionals outside of just real estate, you know, attorneys, accountants, just just get around that whole con that whole conversation because macro and microeconomics are some of my other passions. When I, I research. know we didn't even touch on that. We'll yeah, an, we'll do I, I another mean, we episode. Could, we could, yeah, we, we should make a recurring episode, a recurring theme, perhaps. Um, and you know, th these are things that I follow, right? I'm an investor. I, I, I'm in the stock market. I'm in crypto. I'm in real estate. I have a lot of exposure. I like precious metals as well. And I'm always tracking what's going on. Oh, my God, the Fed is doing this. Oh, my God, the Fed is doing that or, you know, whatever. Um, so I, if, if I can have a conversation in real time, almost like a live stream situation yeah, and then talk about what's going on and be a source, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Awesome. So these last three questions I asked to every guest that comes onto we're already here. Mm -hmm. This podcast is all about celebrating the lows just as much as the highs in your life. Can you tell me about a struggle in your life that sucked while you were going through it, but looking back now, you celebrate it? What did that struggle give you that you cherish today? That is a great question. What did that struggle give me that I cherish today? I would say there were times earlier in my career, kind of going back to what we were chatting about, like limiting belief, right? There were times where I really didn't think I was going to like do well. I was, there was times I was like, am I going to have to get some nine to five to figure it out? Is, is this the right career path for me? Am I going to be hitting the numbers that I want to hit? Am I, am I ever going to, you know, have this, have that or, or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, th those moments, those struck, like, like those internal mental struggles and like fear of, scarcity and you know, scarcity based mindset versus the abundance based mindset. Like I was definitely in a scarce mindset once upon a time talk, like, I don't know, we're talking like, like, but 10, almost 10 years ago, somewhere yeah. in that range, maybe like eight to 10 years. Sure. And, and then looking back at that fear, looking back at that anxiety that that version of myself experienced, I couldn't have it any other way, honestly speaking, because the series of events that has occurred up until this very moment have brought me to this very moment where I am very much at, like, I'm at peace with everything. Mm. You know, uh, I've also come to the realization that as human beings, we all suffer the same problem. You know, you ever, you ever heard the joke, uh, life is a sexually transmitted disease that ends in death. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, Wait. I remind myself constantly, like, you're going to die. What are we suffering from the same? Is that the same problem that we're all suffering from that we're all going to die? Well, no, but, you know, we all run around doing things, you know, frantically trying to, like, organize our poker chips or our personal lives or, you know, our legacy, wh whatever it is. Yeah. Something, our passions. But then that's like, it's, it's kind of a sad story. But, like, you know, we're all going to we're all going to have our day. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like a. Oh, no, I have I have a less morbid view on death. You can't control it, right? We're all right. going to die. You can never control how it's going to happen. It's kind of nice. Like one thing I don't have to worry about because there's nothing yeah. I can do about it. So, yeah. So, so I, I remind myself that, you know, 
death can be around the corner. I could get struck by a, you know, a motorcycle or a bus or whatever. And, and, and it's okay. You know, there's so many things that I cannot control. I used to be a very much like one of those control freaks. I still mm, kind of am yeah, in certain too. aspects, but like, you know, food particularly, I'm obsessed with organic consumption and, you know, like, like keeping pesticides as far away from me as possible. But like, it's inevitable, you mm. know? So it, it kind of brings peace in, a, in its own weird way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. How yeah. have you worked to change how you perceive the world around you? And how have you worked to change your thoughts and beliefs to ones that serve you and create a world that you want to live in? Oh. So have you changed your perception and how have you yeah. allowed that to change your thoughts and beliefs mm-hmm. into ones that serve you and create a better reality for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this question. Yeah, I think we kind of we kind of danced in and out of the mm-hmm. you know the, the topics earlier. Basically, I I've done a lot of focus on my health. You know, I think that was one of the more pressing moments because my whole life I was one of these fat kids. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I was just overweight most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, never really understood like the, the the simplicity of you know the compound effect. Great book, by the way. Oh my God! Shout out to Darren Hardy. Um, you know, good audiobook too. If you want to listen to it, it's just yeah. like you start here, you don't think you're ever going to get to here, but as you slowly take the little steps on that ladder, eventually, like over time and maintaining your habits, I, like habit formation is one of the biggest things for me, mm-hmm. keeping a morning routine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm, I don't really think I need to go into it, but you know, it's just like making that smoothie, taking those vitamins, having like that black cup of coffee or whatever. You know, I, I like to have, you know, some sort of routine in the morning mm-hmm. and then, you know, have a break midday, go hit the gym, come back to the office, do your thing. But ultimately self-work mindset, self-belief or joining and building community has been something recently that has been a, a personal upset, almost obsession, really. Totally. The, you know, I have joined some uh, communities, right, where we help each other on a lot of different things, a lot of different domains, whether it's fitness, finance, yeah. we help get guys jobs. We help uh, create like a, a national and international network with people to, to share insights. You know, some people have dating issues uh, and, you know, we all kind of help one another out, mm-hmm. you know, like there's some guys that are the, that, that, you know, they seem helpless and they, they, you know, they're, they're clinging to something for a solution. Yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of us may or may not have been through those, you know, same problems and, you know, we just pull the other guy up, you know, because yeah. it, it, so that has brought me a lot of fulfillment. Um, yes. Ultimately. I mean, we talked about belief so much in this podcast. I feel like we should, I think you should title it belief. Systems. <laughs> Literally. But um how I view the world today compared to how I used to view the world. I used to put a lot of other external characters and factors as a primary focus instead of myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely flipped that script. Yeah. I look at myself as the primary. If I, you know, it's like that thing when you're, you're in an airplane and they're going through the security, uh, protocols you know with this flight attendants and this is how you put on the oxygen yeah, mask yeah, yeah. or your for yourself first not your child because if you can't breathe your child can't breathe that right, whole thing right, right? Right, right, right uh you know 
I, I'm a big believer in that. If I can't help myself, well, then what good am I to anybody else? You know, I have to be able to stand on my own first and then I can go figure out to help the world. You know, what, 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 did, what did Jordan Peterson, you know, yeah, everyone loves that guy, I think. But what, what did he say? You know, he, I don't think so. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why I made that face. Whatever. Everyone has their own opinions. It's OK. Um, but he, he said something interesting. He's like, clean your own room before you try to go in and um, what's the word and change the world. You know, yeah. before you try to change the world, why don't you like fix your house? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I know no, just- I love the point you mentioned on community and fulfillment, because I think one thing we talked about this Lazlo's hierarchy of needs on the way to self-actualization. We look at, this is typically said in the, in, in, in the framing of relationships, but I feel like we do this with friendships too. You expect one person or one group of friends to be like everything for you, your confidant, your intellectual stimulant, like your, your support, your, like your advisor, things like that. And I think like what I have found so, so critical to my own contentment with my life is like having friends that like fulfill me in different ways. Like, I feel like I have my friends who I go to when I need like that deep emotional support. They just get me. They know what I want. I have friends. Like I think like our, our group that like are my friends for like intellectual stimulation. Like, I think we have really interesting conversations. We can talk. We, I think, I think our group could probably sit in a room with white walls and nothing else and talk for 12 hours and still run out of time of things to talk about. And I like, I love that. Like that fills me. I I think it's so important to find communities that fill you in all the ways that you need to be filled. I couldn't agree more. Ideas live longer than us. Yeah. You know, that's like, I'm a, I, I love philosophy. I'm obsessed with the exchange of ideas and deep discussion and discourse. I mean, w- whenever you and I are, are, are hanging out in our, in our friend groups, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we, we always end up going in on something and everyone's like, what are you <laughs> talking about? That happens all the time. Yeah. When we made the decision to put Harry on the podcast, we were literally at a bar and I think the whole world was going on around us. And me and Harry were like zoned in talking about like childhood trauma, like just like the, ra- like the most random, but like we went in on conversation. It was like, the whole world is going on around us. We were like three hours deep into whatever mindset, you know, final question. Tell me the story that you've created for yourself. The story I created for myself are my daily affirmations, basically. Okay. Story I created for myself, financially independent. Okay. Multimillionaire. Love that earning hundreds of thousands in passive income annually, amazing physique, amazing athlete in the sports and domains that I love, tennis, martial arts, skiing, all of the, all of the above. Sure. I could do whatever I want at the drop of a hat. There you go. Nobody tells me what and where to go and what to do. Uh, and untethered freedom. Untethered freedom is my, is, is my drive. I, I aim to be one of these people that can live, you know, one place, five, six months, the other place, you know, I I don't want to be tied down to one geographic location anymore. Sure. Big part of me is thinking like, okay, I'm thinking maybe Florida home base and then Colorado for three months. And then, you know, you you know, and just split my time across a few different time zones. 
including Greece, you know, motherland. Love that. Uh, who doesn't from, you know, from where we're from at least, but, you know, having, having that type of lifestyle where you're not just like, you know, nine to five in your cubicle and you're on the subway going into midtown Manhattan and you're just, you know, towing the line and you get the mortgage and you have 2.1 kids and the white yeah. fence. And then no, nah, like, like that's, that's, that's boring. Not for you. I want to fly down a mountain as much as possible. I want to, you know, have amazing tan skin at the beach. <laughs> I, I, I know, I want to I be know that's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pale right now. This is breaking oh my, my gosh, heart. Are you kidding me? I'm the same color as my wall. You really are. <laughs> just a nice light beige. I'm going to buy you some bronzer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, just, just, just that kind of life where, where I squeeze the value out of it for myself. But then also, it, you, in order to have these things, like just real quick, you have to be at service to society simultaneously. Like there's Absolutely. no way that you, you, you cannot have economic clout or economic success without entering in as many voluntary transactions. Like you have to offer a service, a product, something, even if you rent apartments that you own, right? You're, you're providing housing. Okay, cool. You're, you're giving a business a space to operate. Like at least, you know, define your product or service if you're going to have an ability to, to, to hit these goals, right? If, if, if the fire movement, you know, the financial independence. Oh yeah, retire early. Movement, right? Everyone talks about that. Everyone talks about all that. But sometimes you have to have like a, a product to deliver to the community. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't feel like doing the work, figure out who you can scale to do the work for you and make sure you pay them well. Right. Even looking at it a little bit altruistically, what are we meant to do? You said it, we all die. What are we meant to do on this world while we're here other than support your fellow person? Like at the end of the day, you could be filthy rich. You could have all the houses and all the boats and all the supermodels. But what actually matters at the end of the day is your relationships, the value and not economic value, but like emotional value that you can provide to others in your life. I think that as well. But I also think like you look at somebody like a Jobs, like a Steve Jobs. I mean, we all carry iPhones. That, that left a serious amount of impact. He, he decided to take his life in a way like by not really focusing on his cancer treatments, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And put it all into the deployment of the iPhone. Yeah. So like, you know, where like, do you think is, it's funny because you say that and it seems like you're looking at it at that with like such reverence. To me, I couldn't care less that I brought the world an iPhone. Like in my mm-hmm. dying days, I want to make sure my circle of people who I love the most are like, around me and I know them and they know me. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't care if the world has, everyone knows my name. Like that doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. So what, where, where do you stand on that? If you look at that on a spectrum, everyone's on the spectrum somewhere. Where do you think you lie? I'm more over here. So if over here is the emotional benefit of having the close knit, you know, let's say family closest friends, I'm thinking about it like impact on the world. Over here is impact on history. Winston Churchill, like, I don't know, Steve Jobs, right? Like over here is impact on history, on the world at large. You're in books. And over here is A dent in the universe. Yes, a dent in the universe. And over here is impact to your small community and loved ones. I care way more about my impact over here. Sure. 
I would beg to argue or uh, that what you, you know what we just kind of described are simultaneously expressions of the feminine and the masculine. I agree with that statement. Absolutely. You know, like women have proclivities to be more socially interactive with uh, with, with their career paths. You know, uh, men tend to want to play with things. You know, you look at an Elon Musk, right? He, he, he chose to build a freaking spaceship <laughs> yeah. or, or build or build an electric car after he sold out from PayPal. I would argue yeah. that that isn't necessarily true. I think there is still like social conditioning, like even as we were growing up, mm-hmm. that pushes men towards STEM and women towards the social sciences if you actually looked at men and women at large, we're not that different. Like, I, I don't think boys like to play with things and women like to tend to people. I think it's like, that's kind of where we've been societally pushed, but I feel like that's a conversation for a different day. But I agree with the point on energies. Probably. Yeah. Impact but to the individual I, versus at large. Yeah. So, I mean, where, where I would stand to answer the earlier yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. question, I think I would probably... I, 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 you know, I like a lot of things. I'm not necessarily one or the other in terms of my uh, appreciation for what they, you know, what, what they stand for. I actually would want to pull from both ends. Typical Gemini, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I was going to make the Gemini comment earlier when you were like, I just don't want to be tied down. I'm like, oh, that's so Gemini of you. <laughs> it really is Gemini of me, you know? Like, I, I, I just want to fly around the world constantly and, uh, and, and escape nonsense with uh distracting me with a great time constantly you know so i so i could forget about the fact that i'm that this is a temporary experience right but <laughs> no it's i i come off like this is like a morbid sense of uh, uh of life but i actually look at it rather lightheartedly and i agree totally. but i i would rather be on the side of definite significant impact but still want that as well because mm. ultimately you know, we're Greeks, you know, family yeah. is a big part of our lives. You know, we're, we're showered with, with, with love and affection from our, from our aunts, uncles, parents, yayas, papus, everybody, you know, like I, I you know, family is important to everybody to an extent. So I, I'd like to have both ideally, because I want it all. I'm a, I'm a selfish glutton. <laughs> I, I too want it all. But Harry, this has been so good. Thank you for coming on. This Thank has been very me. fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of good times.